we're just going through different portions of Scripture in the book of Psalms. And I just felt really led to start in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. I'm only doing one verse, though. I'm not going to go... Yeah, there's not many verses in chapter 1, but we're going to only use one verse tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about how to be happy. Because some of you desperately need to learn how to be happy. How many wives in here would say, yes, my husband needs to learn how to be happy? <laughs> this is why I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> this is as strong as it gets for a Baptist preacher right here. Well, you may not realize this, but Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 tells us how to be happy. All right? So let's read it together loudly. Ready? Happy. Psalms. What? <laughs> well, that just means happy. Why are you here? All right, let's start with it. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Key word here, we might have to dim these lights just because some of the backgrounds are a little bit dark and might make it difficult. Key word here is blessed. It means a favor or a gift bestowed by God, uh, thereby bringing what? Happiness. Happiness. Blessed means to be happy. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. And so we're going to talk about being happy tonight, and I'm going to give you that recipe on how to be happy. So some of you can take notes. Uh, you know, if you're like me, there's no mental notes going to happen because you'll forget them before you get to the second point. But you need to hold on to these things. And it may be one of those passages of Scripture you think you got it all figured out. You've heard it a thousand times, but you've never applied it. So, did you realize that the word blessed also means to be content, fulfilled, and complete? In other words, God's word is telling us that if you want to be happy, fulfilled, and complete, satisfied, then this is how you do it. We, we go to the doctor to find things out, how to get our lives better, right? But often we don't want to hear what he has to say, or we don't want to do what he has to say. And it's the same way with the Word of God. We get the truth. It's laid out simplistically. And we deny what he says because we choose to do it our way. Tonight you have to do it God's way. And that's why we're looking at Scripture. Are you happy? If you're happy, let's try that again. Are you happy? Say amen. Amen. If you're not happy, say amen. Amen. <laughs> he said amen on both of them. Hey, if you're not sure if you are happy, because he's definitely not sure, he said amen on both, then consider what, un what it means to be unhappy. Look at, these are all the words that describe somebody that's not happy. They're depressed, they're discouraged, they're unpleasant, they're ill, they're gloom, they're lonely, they're suffering, they're in turmoil, they are frustrated. They are everything that's the opposite of being happy. And there's a lot of you in here that fit somewhere up there. You've done some weeping before you came in here. You are not happy. Some people think they're happy. But the only reason they're happy is because they've done something that just lasts momentarily that make them happy. What makes you happy? And does it bring true happiness to you? Can I show you some things that make me happy? 
All right. That makes me happy. <laughs> How many can testify Starbucks makes you happy? Yes, it might be considered a Christian drug. Starbucks is like a bar for Christians. We go, we know everybody's name there, we hang out. It's our thing. Cheez-Its make me happy. How many love Cheez-Its would you raise your hand? You love them? I can't live without them. I got up this morning and weighed myself. Last year, I am 20 pounds heavier than last year. This is the scary part. Last week, I was only 15 pounds heavier. I blame the Cheez-Its. And probably doing two Starbucks a day with all those pumps of classic. The pump of a classic just means liquid sugar. <laughs> and doing a lot of And, you know, I know. You said, well, they make me happy, too. Yes. But listen. Kind of far down on the list. They are far down on the list. Because Christian can fail me. Starbucks has never failed me. Cheez-Its make me happy, you know. I'm just kidding. I love my family. And the guy right there in the back, he's doing pretty good. That's when he was a lot lighter. He got, I can't fit in that shirt anymore. It's, Captain America has left the building. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very happy right now with my, my weight. The Bible tells us how to be happy, and we're going to look at it. So are you ready to join me? Yes. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. First, let's just pause and pray. Because some of you need it, you won't focus until after you had dessert, and if you focus after, it's too late because we'll be done with the message, all right? So let's focus now. So this portion of Scripture tells us some things not to do, okay? Verse 1, it's just like a diet. <laughs> I'm just thinking about a diet. There's some things you must reject when you go on a diet. How many know what I'm talking about? There's some things you have to push away and say, no, not today, Satan, I will not do that. It takes discipline. It takes effort. It takes work. But in order to be happy, it's going to take some effort and some work. I have tried to spend, and I, met, I think I've said this a couple of years ago, when I first met Erica Pacey. How many know Erica Pacey? All right, Erica Pacey is a pastor in Arkansas. He's the happiest man I ever met. He exhausts me with his happiness. And I thought... And I, I've given this testimony probably two years ago. I thought, how cool would it be to be like Eric for one day? If I can make it one day, I can make it two days, just positive, happy, and everything's awesome. And it was not awesome. It was the most exhausting day of my life. You know, they tell you something, your wife is frustrated about something. That's all right. I love you, baby. I'll take care of it. <laughs> You're still up, Christian? It's only 1 o'clock in the morning. I love you, son. You want to pray? <laughs> yeah. That was my life for a whole day. Never again. <laughs> I will never do that again. That is not true happiness. We try to create happiness. But when God has already created the recipe on how to have it, but it requires us to reject some things in order to obtain happiness. The Bible reveals to us things that we must reject in order to obtain happiness. Here we are. Let's read it again. You don't have to read it out loud, but in your head. Psalms 1.1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's an outline for us. There's three things here. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the 
what? Ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of the what? Sinner. Nor sitteth in the seat of the what? Scorner. All right, let's break it down. He walketh, standeth, sitteth. It, it, Psalms 1 1 is a progression. First, they're walking, then they're standing, then they're sitting. Let me illustrate. Like church, oft times, if somebody's really intense about talking, like Kim. <laughs> <laughs> she's like yes uh, off times we'll have something we're going to talk about we'll walk because I'm always in a hurry and, and I'm walking and say yeah talk to me yeah and then she says something or he says something that catches my attention then you stop and then you just start to discuss it things go a little long especially if it's Kim and then what do you do you find yourself why don't you grab a chair and then you sit you following me? This is the same way when it comes to the things we're to reject in order to be happy. Number one, walketh not in the counsel of the what? Walketh. Ask yourself this. What direction are you going and who is counseling you on your journey? Every one of us are in journey of life. We're all pursuing something. We're all moving forward, hopefully. It may not be God's way. It might be your way. But we are on a journey. And on that journey, we're always going to get input from people. This first portion of Scripture, this beginning here, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Is counsel a good thing? Getting counseling? Yes or no? Yes. Is it biblical? Yes. Yes. It's very biblical. It's very important for you to feed off of other believers. Good counsel. So having counsel is a very important part of our life. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where no counsel is, the people what? But in the multitude of counsels, there is what? Safety. Safety. Is this talking about just any ordinary counselor? No. No. This is a counselor that trusts is Christ. He believes in Christ. You know who can be the worst counselor in your life? Do you have any idea? Yes, yourself. Yourself can be one of the worst counselors that you could ever rely on. But the problem comes when, when dealing with counseling if it's wrong. When, the, when it's wrong, the Bible says your happy life, unhappy life comes from ungodly counseling. Those who deny or disobey God. That's what the word ungodly means. You say, well, I don't deny or disobey God. So when I give myself counsel in my mind, I should be happy. Then you need to re-examine yourself to find out, are you really right with God? Because your anxiety probably came from your own ideas. Your depression is fed from you. Your anger and frustration, your lack of interest in life, your irritability, all could be coming from your own counsel. You follow me? Yes. So you have to search your heart like David did. Oh, David was a profound leader. He was a wonderful man of God. He was a, a man after God's own heart. But yet, he says, search me, O God. Yet, he had to look within himself. And he described it as a shepherd looking in the wool of his sheep to pull back the, the, the wool to see if there was an infection. We have to pull back 
the veil and look in our hearts and see, am I really the right person to be creating these thoughts and ideas? Because let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, oftentimes is not true in the believer's life. That's why we get up in the morning and create all these ideas of how miserable your day is going to be, you know? Some ungodly counsel not only comes from ourselves, but it comes from those that are closest to us, other believers. Let me make it clear. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a common verse that we quote so often. Trust in the Lord with all thy what? And lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Trusting the Lord with all thine heart means I am going to consume myself with God's way of doing things and not consume my mind with anxiety and frustration. It is so easy for you to get hung up on things that are not true. You could have one circumstance come into your life and you start counseling yourself, especially with Googling things. You get a hangnail and you think you're dying of cancer. You know I'm telling the truth. You, you experience something through a text message that somebody said about your spouse and automatically you think your marriage is falling apart. And then you search for friends that you rely on to give you counsel. But you know there's things in their life that's not right. The majority of their thought life is only processed through uh, Netflix and the shows they're watching and all these gimmicks they read And all the things they Google and they say, you know what, let me just get back with you. i got some things I'm going to check on and I'll just let you know what you should do. That's what we are doing. We have no peace or happiness with God because the counsel in our life is un-what? Godly. So if you want to be a good counselor to yourself and to others, then you have to search your heart as well. What is going on in your life? And let me tell you something. You're not going to be a good counselor if you're always in the state of misery. Make a note of that, because something else is missing in your life. You're lacking something vitally important. Are you all following me? All right, this is very simple. Number two, standeth in the way of sinners. Standeth in the way of what? Sinners. Blessed is a man that does not stand in the way of sinners. This is interesting. The word stand means to be firm or fixed. It's described as a statue. We are walking We're getting counsel, we're getting ideas, we're filling our mind with all kinds of thoughts that are not godly, and then we finally get to the point where we're standing. We stop moving. As if to become hardened to the truth, we start looking at ourselves like, all right, the carnality starts to roll in. We no longer can be pliable because of the sinner's influence in our lives. It is so strong that we have now become firmly standing with their philosophy. And it's easy to get there when you're constantly being filled with the wrong counsel. Standeth in the way of sinners. To stand means to be firm or fixed. I am here. Babe, I don't think it's a good idea for you to associate yourself with them. I know you want friends and go out. What's wrong with them? Just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're not right for me. They're not in church. Their ideas are far from being righteous. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but our marriage hasn't been the greatest since you've been uh, around them. 
Mm. You ever had a kid and they're finally learning to walk and you're like, oh, they're so cute. And then they learn to sit in that high chair at the restaurant and this is what they do. Mm. And you're like, you want to break their little legs? <laughs> you just want to snap them so they can go into those two holes. That's what it is. You're just like that little monster. I never broke my kids' legs. I know what you all are thinking. The word stand means to be firm and fixed. It's my way. It's carnality. The word way is interesting. It's in reference to the way of thinking. That's the way I am. That's the way I roll. That's the way I do things. The way of the sinner. Standeth in the way. We, I used to think when I was a kid, way, it means the, 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 the path. And in some ways it can be translated that way, but way means the mentality. I now think like the sinner. I've got the counsel of the ungodly, now I'm standing in the way of the sinner, and therefore I think as a sinner. They're the ones that used to know that marriage is between a man and a woman. Now they debate on the most simplistic thing that God has given us. Man, woman. But now that's become foggy and confusing because they're standing in the mentality and the way of the what? Sinner. Let me remind you, the more you continue in this direction of life, the more unhappy you will be. Look at this. Isaiah 55 verse 7 says that the wicked forsake his what? Way. way. Uh, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which, what, seemeth right unto a man, which is us, but the end thereof is what? The ways of death. The ways of death. Key word, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Let me tell you something. It is very easy to drag your family along in the same path. It's very easy for your kids to become firmly in their way of thinking, their way of understanding. And they're going to be unhappy because they're trying to figure everything out. Your little girl's going to look in the mirror and never be satisfied with who she is in Christ, knowing that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. But there's a way that seemeth right according to everything she's seen on the Internet and all the shows that are coming out on Netflix. And she is thinking this way instead of God's way. Remember the passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3, 6, And all thy what? Ways. Ways. Acknowledge him, which is God, and he shall direct thy what? He's the one that has to create the process of thinking. Now, let's go on. Number three, sitteth in the seat of the what? The scornful. The word seat is to teach, to act as the instructor or teacher. Very interesting. Matthew 23 and verse 3 talks about the scribe sit in the, uh, Moses' chair or the seat. Those are those of authority. In other words, the Bible is saying, Blessed is the man that sitteth, that, uh, sitteth in the seat of the scornful, that doesn't pursue the seat of the scornful or to put themselves in a place of authority over God. Does that make sense? They are choosing when they go their path, their way, 
to place themselves in an authoritative position to teach others the way it should be, not according to the way God says it should be. The word scornful means to mock or scorn authority. Reprove not a scorner lest he what? Hate you. He don't want to hear it. When your kids are so far gone and they're miserable and they're unhappy, be sure they will become a mocker, a scorner, somebody that is in discord against the authority of God. Because this is the last step to being a very unhappy person if you pursue that direction. Happy is the man that chooses not to sit, to become in a place of authority over God. To say within himself, I have prayed and I've, I've done everything that Bible says and I'm done with it. If God's going to do it, he should do it. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Well, I've been knocking, God. And now I'm going to do it my way. I'll start kicking the door down. I am now put myself in a place, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I have come to the place that I've got the counsel I want. I've put myself in a situation where I stand with the sinners and I am satisfied sitting in the seat of the scornful. I have put myself on a pedestal of authority that I do not belong on. When you think you've got it all figured out, let me make it very simple for you, okay? It is easy to get to this place when you become frustrated without having, when your prayers are not being answered. It's easy to get in this place when you feel like you're going to have to seek another direction because God just ain't cutting it. And then you become angry. And anger is the opposite of being what? And then you become anxious and anxiety sets in and depression. All of this comes simply because we choose to disobey God's recipe for happiness. Very simple. I want to read to you, um, I want to read to you just in close before we pray, okay? Uh, let's look at the continuation of Psalms chapter 1, okay? Everybody there? Maybe not. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he what? Meditate. Day and night. It is getting to the place in your life that all you can do is focus on Christ and Christ alone. When you can finally get to the place that you've rejected these three things and meditate day and night that Christ is the only answer and you don't let those other things creep in, then you will be happy. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. And let me remind you, there is just as many children suffering with depression as there is adults now. Wow. And that is messed up. What happened to kids just riding their bikes, swinging on swings, and eating candy? Now they're all amped up and worried about everything. And now we throw another monkey wrench in there. Now they have to figure out what direction they're supposed to go sexually. You know, this is where we're at. You know why? Because somebody has not taken the time to teach them how to be happy. And they have allowed these things to infiltrate their mind and dominate them. So, it's Wednesday night. We're about to get really happy eating all that food in the back. Is it Sunday night? 
Let us close in prayer. All right, it's Sunday night. We're going to need some cake in the back, drink some coffee. But we've wasted our time here if we do not take heed to the simplicity of Scripture. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. What does the word blessed mean? Happy. happy. I like being happy. I'm good at putting a fake face on. I, I can walk the hall and put a happy face on one minute. Hey, how are you doing? My wife calls it angry eyes. She's like, what's wrong with you? I could just be thinking about something. And she'll go, you got your angry eyes on. Just all over right here. It's like somebody took a marker and just wrote angry eyes. I'm not angry all the time. Sometimes my mind just gets carried away. And I find myself being unhappy because I've let myself be convinced of things that are just not true. It's just unhappy. You there? I bet your spouse is sick and tired of it. You ever get tired of your kids always never being satisfied? Teach them what happiness is. Teach them Psalms chapter 1 verse 1.